uh, opportunity to live in several places. You know, uh, we used to joke a little bit uh, around our house, especially with my mom and dad. Uh, we didn't know, you know, quite honestly, um, there were times when, when I would hear my father say, and I believe the Lord is calling me to this or this, and, and I'd think, oh, no, we're going to move again. Uh, my dad pastored uh, several places, but one of the places he pastored was a place called First Baptist Church of Mammoth Spring, Arkansas. And I know that I don't have a southern drawl or anything like that, so I can't impress you with that, but I loved this little town. It was right on the border of, of Missouri and Arkansas. Thayer, Missouri was two miles away. Mammoth Spring was known for this Mammoth Spring, thus the name, that they could never find the bottom of. Divers had gone down in there, and it was right along the Spring River, which was a beautiful, picturesque place that, that I learned to, to trout fish and smallmouth bass fish and, and, and goggle eye and perch and all those things. I, I grew up on that river. My mom, as a result of my dad you know, pastoring this church, uh, my sister, who's six years older, uh, my mom decided that she would get a job also, and, and my mom worked at the Palace Drugstore. Now, that'll take you back several years ago. I had the, the, the old uh, soda machines that you actually fixed sodas in when they tasted like soda, really tasted, you know, not in a can, but uh, it was a wonderful place, and you would sit up at this I know this sounds bad, but you would actually sit at a bar area, not to drink alcoholic beverages, but to drink soda. And they had shakes, and they had malts, and they had everything that I love, but can't eat anymore. Uh, can't take it anymore. But uh, So I, I was one of those latchkey kids, I guess. My sister, again, who was six years older, really didn't didn't pay much attention to me, and she was in, in, in junior high and high school, and so as an eight- or nine-year-old, I would get my fishing pole, and I would head out towards Spring River. Um, I have a few scars that, that I could share with you. I, I got bit by a water moccasin one day fishing out there. My mom thought I was going to lose my leg. I knew I wasn't, but I, I, I didn't keep me from going back fishing. I would come home with a stringer of fish, and, and uh, then after my father was pastor there, he went into full-time uh, itinerant evangelism. So we, we actually bought a house out on the Spring River, and it was a wonderful place to grow up. I mean, you could find all kinds of stuff to get into, some of which I really can't talk to you about today, but our neighbors, my neighbor, our neighbors, um, they had two children, and one of them was my best friend, Gary, and his dad was the game warden. And so as a result, I learned to not only fish, but I learned to hunt, and I learned to shoot a gun, and I learned to, to actually go out and, and shoot squirrel and, and fix them, clean them, and get them all ready for mom when she got home. She always loved it when I would do that kind of thing. Now, I, I gotta be honest with you, I haven't shot a squirrel in a long, long time. Uh, because my wife wouldn't eat squirrel. She said they're more akin to a rodent than they are anything else. But my mom oftentimes would fix a big dinner. And at our house, it's so different now with technology and with TVs in every room, it seems like. But my mom believed that supper time was very, very important in the Spear family. 
regardless if dad was out on the road preaching somewhere, we were going to have supper together. And, and I don't know if you've noticed lately, but, and I don't even have my phone with me, and that's, that's wonderful, but uh, a lot of times we'll, Jennifer and I will sit down at a restaurant and we'll look around and uh, the husband and wife and the kids, they've all got their phones out and they're checking their phones and they're not even talking to each other. In my, in my mom and dad's house, supper time was especially that time where people would communicate what had taken place that day and they would enjoy a meal together. My mother would go out the back door, it was one of those screen doors, and she knew that I was probably down close to the river or I was out in some field, and she would yell, Alan, Alan. Now I knew if she mentioned my middle name, I better get to running. But if she said, Alan Thomas Spear, it's supper time. Hurry up, it's gonna get cold. Well, I knew that I better, I better skedaddle and get there as quickly as possible, and I'd come running in that back door, and she would say, have you washed your hands? <laughs> well, of course not, I just walked in the back door, Mom. She would, she would always look at me, and she would make it so personal. I want you to understand that today, in the Lord's Supper, and we, we, I, I take this very, very seriously. This memorial meal that we're going to partake of today, for me, is one of the greatest services in our church. When we come to the table, it has to be done correctly. If it's just an afterthought, or if it's just something that we do because it says we're supposed to do this, then we've lost the meaning of this wonderful memorial meal. Today, I'm going to ask you to come to the table. I'm going to do like my mom did when she came out the back door and she said, Alan, it's time to eat. Alan Thomas Spear, get here. And, and we would sit down together at the table. We would come to the table. I want to show you in the scripture this morning from 1 Corinthians, the passage that John Pastor John has read for us in chapter 11. I want to share with you this morning a very brief message, but a message that will prepare us to come to the table today. The first thing that I see, much like uh, the illustration that I've used when my mother would call me to supper and to the dining room table, it is an invitation to come personally. You see, she would always ask me that question, have you washed your hands? We need clean hands. The Bible says this, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Have you washed your hands? In just a few moments, I'm going to ask you to examine yourself. I don't know about you, but I... I don't really enjoy going to the doctor for a physical examination. Why should I have to pay that guy $100 to do what he's going to do to me? You'll get that later. <laughs> Why should I have to do it every year? But yet I do it for a variety of reasons. I do it for my wife. I do it for my children. I do it for people that I love. And, and I go in and have an examination because I want, him, I want him to thoroughly examine and see if there's anything that is incorrect. We see, when we come to, 
to receive of the Lord's Supper. The Bible is very, very specific. This is not a meal that we come together because we're hungry for food. We come together so that God will reveal to us anything in our life that is keeping our relationship from what it should be with him. We come together today, and so the first question I would ask you is, have you washed your hands? The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then the second question, my mom would always ask me, and she knew me very, very well, and, and, and I would tell you that my wife even asked me this question when I come home for supper in the evenings. She'll say, have you spoiled your appetite? I love munchos. Those potato chips that are muncho potato chips, you guys need to go buy you a bag this afternoon. They're really good. But they're a terrible snack before you eat because they fill you up. And then you won't eat the right stuff. We need a good appetite. We should be thirsty and hungry for God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. How hungry, how thirsty are you for the things of God? I met a man this morning, talked with him, communicated with him this morning prior to the service. He's, he's actually in this, in this congregation right now. And as I walked up to him, he was marking in his Bible with a yellow marker. And we, we began to talk about the things that he was learning in scripture. And it just absolutely blessed me that, that on a Sunday morning, he said, well, pastor, it's, it is Sunday morning. He's in church, but I know from the looks of this man's Bible that this just doesn't happen on Sunday morning. It happens on a regular basis because he thirsts and he hungers after the word of God. Listen, the Bible, the word of God, it, it is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path, but God wants us to go to him through this word Every day, in some portion of that day, he wants us to hunger and thirst for his word, for his knowledge, for his truth in our lives. Listen, if you are facing a problem or a challenge in your life and you cannot find the answer, the answer is in this book. If you cannot find hope, the, the hope that you are looking for is in this book. If you can't find encouragement, the encouragement that you are looking for is in this book. We are to hunger and to thirst for his righteousness. But the third question my mom would always ask me, and she would always use it as an encouragement, she would say to me as I was engulfing this meal, will you slow down and enjoy your food, Alan? We need to take time to enjoy the moment. I hope that you have had a, a wonderful Christmas season. I, I was here Christmas Eve night and many, many people were here. I was so thankful for the crowd that gathered on Christmas Eve. And I, I told you that, that on that particular evening, we stay up late, we unwrap presents at, right after midnight and then we, we enjoy. And, and it was two o'clock in the morning the next morning before I got to bed. I was glad to get to bed. but. 
Oh, what a wonderful time we had. The boys, the boys got instruments for Christmas, and I, I bought them instruments, and, and they played until the wee hours of the morning, even long after Jennifer and I went to bed. Uh, Micah and David were playing that banjo and that, that, that new guitar, that ukulele. He was having a time of, of their lives, and they were laughing and enjoying being together. This morning... We're going to come to the Lord's table by invitation and by provision. We come in response to his grace. His table is not one of merit, but one of mercy. This morning, I I am going to ask you to physically come to the table. In other words, the, the, the deacon servants are not going to bring the elements to you unless you're physically unable to come. And then, yes, indeed, we'll come. I'll come. They'll come. We'll come and serve you. But if you are physically able this morning, I'm going to ask you to come to one of these three tables. Over in this area, I'm going to ask you to come to this table. And in this area, I'm going to ask you to come to this table. And in this area, this table. At each table, there will be uh, deacons there to serve you and to help you, to pray with you and to encourage you. There will be a pastor there, Pastor Doug and and Pastor John. I'll be here. We want to encourage you this morning, and we want to share with you this morning. But will you come to the table in faith? Will you come to the table confessed up? Will you come to the table ready and in right relationship with the Lord? Will you come prepared to receive this memorial meal? So it is an invitation this morning to come personally. Now we know that this meal is for believers. It's for Christians. It's not for unbelievers. This meal is for us to remember and to think back and to understand and know that yes, Christ is my Savior, but beside that he is my Lord and he is my King. He is the one that I live for. He is the one that I listen to. He is the one that leads me. And he's the one that has called me to service and surrender. So it is an invitation to come personally, but it is an invitation to come collectively. We gather together today as members of a family with a common life, a common love, and a collective identity. The Lord's Supper is a family fest. It's a family feast. It's a family gathering. That as believers, we come together with this collective identity, the Lord's Supper. And the scripture says that the church is the body, the family of God, the body of Christ, the Father's household. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said about this in Acts chapter 2. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. And they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added 
to their number day by day those who were being saved. Doesn't that excite you when you think about these folks day in and day out were doing life together? And as they were doing life together, the Lord was in their midst. And as they gathered together in corporate worship, God began to bring those that were added to the Lord's family that week to that household of faith for them to rejoice and celebrate. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, I love you. I'm, a gl I'm glad that you're a part of my family. You see, the family of Christ, the family of God, we come together in fellowship and we come to the table collectively. Listen to what the scripture said, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. This Christmas tree has served this, this year and this season as an encouragement to me because you were an encouragement to me as I began to, to watch these prayer requests, this prayer tree go up. As I began to read some of the prayer requests, and I began to think, I, I know who wrote this one. I'm going to pray with them about that. As I, as I looked at all of the requests, or many of them, I was kind of overwhelmed by how you responded to this prayer tree. I'm going to ask our chairman of deacons, uh, Brother Tim Newby, to come and and I, I've asked him this morning to voice a prayer for all of us. Many of you have placed prayer requests on this tree. I've asked him to come and, and just to, to share with us uh, in, a, in a prayer of thanksgiving for, for these requests. And, and he's going to share a few words with us today. So this, uh, this idea was really fostered from Eddie and Connie here. They had seen it elsewhere, and there's a little more story to it than that that um, emotionally we won't get into at this point. But uh, it was really a cool idea, and they're joining me here to, to offer it up. But I was, I was looking at this, you know, uh, there's all kinds of requests on here. The Lord wants to see every, he wants to hear every petition we have. Uh, praise the Lord, our kittens are doing good. Isn't that cool? Our family would walk with the Lord again. That's a powerful prayer request, Alan. Restoration. Our country. A middle school. My daughter finds a friend. Pray for all those at the DeSoto Towers. The diversity of the requests. It's pretty cool that God wants to hear them all. And we all have unspokens as well. This isn't representative of all the requests that are there. So let's, uh, let's pause to uh, pray. And uh, Connie and Eddie, thank you for spearheading this. Do you have anything you'd like to share? Okay. So let's pause to pray, folks. Father, we... Um, we pause in this, uh, this service just to bring these petitions on this tree up to you. Whether it's kittens or health or finances, our country or this church, Father, we ask that you'll, you'll touch each and every one of those. 
Father, we all have unspokens. We bring them to you at this time. Lord, we thank you again for your love, your care for us, and we ask that you'll bless those that have uh, seeked your face today, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So it is an invitation for us to come collectively. I hope during this service right now, I hope that you're praying for someone. I hope you're praying for someone that may be seated close to you. But it is an invitation to come to the table expectantly. Matthew chapter 4 says, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus, he is our bread. He satisfies all the hunger of our hearts. There should be an expectation not only about a meaningful worship experience as we share in this memorial meal today, but there should be an expectation about the promise of the return of Jesus Christ. I believe with all of my heart what the Bible says, that one day the trumpet of God shall sound. And those of us who remain, we'll, we'll join him in the air, but those of, who, who have who've already passed, uh, they will be raised to meet him in the air. I believe that Christ is coming again. And I believe that he is coming soon. And we need to understand that this meal draws us to come expectantly. Folks, this is not all there is to it. There is a, a place called heaven that we will spend an eternity together if we know Christ as Savior and Lord. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And so you have to be ready for heaven. And coming to this table helps us to understand we come expectantly. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He is coming again. But then lastly, it is an invitation to come to the table gratefully. This gathering is a time to be thankful. It's a time for us to reflect in the goodness of God in our lives. I don't know about you, but God has been so good to this man. God has been more than good. He's been great. Church family, I, I'm going to invite you for just a few moments now to bow your heads with me and pause just for a few moments. Think about how God has blessed you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I don't want you to look around. I don't want you to move around any right now. In just a moment, we're going to come to the table, but I want you to think with me how he has blessed us corporately as a church family. I want you to think about how he has blessed you personally. And as you're thinking in the stillness, in the quiet of this moment, what are you most grateful for? Would you share that today with the body of Christ? In other words, with, with heads bowed and no one looking around, would you simply stand right where you're at and proclaim, this is what I am most grateful for. It may, be, it may be your salvation. Obviously, all of us could stand and say that, but it may be your spouse. It may be your friend. It may be your Savior. It, 
it may be an event that has transpired in your life, but I believe that right now in the quietness and the stillness, and I'm not asking anybody to stand and talk for moments. I'm asking you to just simply stand and with your voice proclaim, God, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful. Would you stand right now? Would you stand and just say what you're thankful for? Go ahead. Speak it out. Speak it out. Amen. Mm. Salvation. Back there. John, what are you thankful for? Your country. Dick, Gertrude, what are you thankful for? Amen. Amen. Right here, Sonia. Amen. Right here. Amen. Back in the back. Amen. Anyone else? Right here. God's mercy. Yes, sir. Yes, right here. Amen. Right there. Amen. Anyone else? Right there. I'm thankful that God saved me from my past. Amen. Amen. Right here. I'm thankful for God's word. Yes. Yes, sir. Thankful for God's mercy and patience. I want the rest of you to stand with us who are thankful. I think all of us would have to say we're thankful. With heads bowed and eyes closed, the manger, the cross, and as Emily sang this morning, the empty tomb, Mm. our Savior, our salvation, our Redeemer, our Lord, and our coming King. Just a moment. The worship team is going to sing, and they're going to share with us a song, 10,000 Reasons. We have wonderful reasons to be thankful. But today, I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you to come prior to coming to the table. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. Our deacon servants are, are going to make their way to this altar and kneel here with you. But as we sing this morning, as we prepare in just a few moments to come to the altar, to come then to the table, as God calls us to the altar, have you sought his forgiveness? Is there anything in your life that is keeping you from that full relationship with him, that, that, that transparent relationship? Are you hungry and thirsty for righteousness? Would you come today? Even as our deacons are coming right now, would you come and join them and join me in this altar? Father.